Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, the podcast which is going to take you behind the scenes of the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as the automotive and social media worlds. This week, you join me, your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass, as well as Parker from Vehicle Virgins. I like the way you say that. Uh, I Thank you. That's I like good. the way I say it as well. That's good. Instead of Vehicle Virgins, Vehicle Virgins. Vehicle Virgins. <laughs> I don't that might get no, the I wrong went, impression. Yeah, I went a little bit continental. That's there. okay. Um, but well, that's intercontinental. That's thank what we're you. going. The hotels Welcome. are great. If you're watching us here on the YouTube channel, make sure to hit subscribe, turn on notifications so you don't miss future episodes. Um excitingly, this is my first ever in-depth special. Now these episodes are going to be focused on new car test drives as a result from me and maybe my guest going on a new car launch. And this week, we are discussing the McLaren 600LT, 600LT, sorry, I stumbled a bit there, which we both drove yesterday. Big. Small. (laughs) Light. Fast. Sideways. In this episode, we're going to be discussing our thoughts on that car, our thoughts on McLaren as a brand in general, Parker's exciting uh, news that he is going to have a 600LT coming. Yeah. And the door that is creaking continuously in the background of this podcast. Um, Do you want me to go fix it? No, no, it's good. Uh, it's, it's part of the really, vibe. Yeah, it's really warm in here today, so I've opened yeah. up the door to my garden. It's creaking a bit. Just go with it, guys. It's uh, it's atmosphere. Um, so anyway, <laughs> look, let's get into it. We are going to be discussing in depth the McLaren 600LT. So yes, the 600LT, this is the new lightweight track-focused version of the McLaren 570S. Essentially the speciale, uh, the the pista uh, equivalent for the McLaren Sports Series range. Or for those who aren't just pure Ferrari enthusiasts, the performante to the oh Huracan. Oh god, I knew a Lamborghini fan would break their way. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to look at some. I have the I have the McLaren and and uh, some other cars. I like to, you know. No, you're doing well. I'm very biased in all of my uh, content. <laughs> so, yeah, 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 but you're biased on you're biased on some some. You've got the right path. Thank you, you I, so much. You, you know what you're you, what you like. I'm passionate about the prancing horse. Uh, but anyway, we're not here to talk about that brand. We're here to talk about McLaren. Um, so let's get into it. We went to Hungary. Yeah. To the Hungara Ring. Yeah. Had you been there before? Never. I've been there in Forza. <laughs> okay. Like four times. I've been there on the funny, PlayStation. Funny enough, you do recognize some elements of 
where the turns are going to be when you're on the track. I actually didn't put two and two together. You just kind of pick a random track on Forza. I'm driving it. And then when they showed uh, during the briefing, the safety briefing of what the track was like, I'm like, I've driven this. (laughs) Not in real life, but but I've driven this. Yeah, yeah. Now, did that help with my driving ability? No. No, but but I was familiar with the grandstands. There we go. <laughs> That's all. Hey, it's good to know that Force is that realistic. Um, I'm overtly familiar with that track because it's a Formula One track. Yeah, of and course. And as you know, I'm obsessed. Uh, so for me, a big part of the reasoning as to why I wanted to go to this event was the opportunity to drive on that circuit. It was legendary. Because yeah. it's far away uh, and it's legendary and it's been the scene of many great races. Uh, so to be able to thrash around there in one of the newest sports cars, supercars, uh, was a great opportunity. Um fun track to drive like a go-kart track isn't it there's always stuff going on it i've driven a a lot of tracks actually done thousands of laps and that might have been one of the most fun tracks i've ever driven and most technical because there's a lot of sections where you can master one turn at a time on a track and so you go okay this is this turn again let's work on this but on the hungaro ring you have to be looking three turns ahead on some of the turns where if you get even two feet to the right, it screws up the next turn, which murders the turn after that. That's it. It's a flow. You've got to find a flow, which That's was what's so fun. So much fun. And for me, uh, an NEF1 fan, the most exciting corner is this sharp left hander. It must be turn five or so as you head up the hill uh, before the long right hander and then the chicane. Um, yes. Uh, which was amazing. Yes. And you so much fast. steeper than it appears on TV. Yep. You know, from years of watching on Formula One, it just looks like a quick left hander, but it's really blind. Like you wait until you get up over the crest and then you have to turn. Yeah. So uh, doing that in a Formula 1 car must be a lot of fun. Dude, if it was fun, like the six seven, the 600 LT, and we'll, we'll talk more about it, obviously uh, a tremendous car. And it has the right amount of power for the chassis where you're, you're not feeling like your body's leaving the car because it's going so fast. But in something like an F1 car, I can't imagine, one, how hard on the gas you can be during certain points, how much grip, and two, how many Gs on your body that, that turn would create. I can imagine. I don't know if I told you, I actually have driven a Formula One car uh, very recently. Yeah, you told me that. I try to block that out of my memory book because that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. Everyone. You have. You have. I look for any excuse. I'm like, oh, my neck is so sore from driving a Formula One car. I would do the same. Um, But let's let's move on from the track and let's talk about this car. I'm going to use and abuse your brilliant ability to reel off facts and stats. We can do that. We can do that. Um, Can you recount, can you recall sort of the top line figures uh, and the differences between? Yeah. This in the 570? Oh, yeah. So let's, uh, let's do it. So it's based on the 570, which is a sport series car. There's the sport series, the super series, and the ultimate series. Uh, but we got to drive the 570 prior to the 600LT to learn the track, which was really cool. The, the 570 is an amazing vehicle, but you can tell on the track, it's a bit limited um, in terms of when you have steering angle, it limits the boosts as a safety precaution because otherwise it's rear-wheel drive. It's very powerful. You might spin sideways. But it felt kind of like you're limiting me more than I want to be limited. You get into the 600 LT, it's another animal. So they they made it lighter. They made it faster. They made the steering rack sharper. The suspension's 8 millimeters lower. And it comes together in this package that's just pretty mind-altering. So we've got 3.8 liter twin turbo V8, 592 horsepower, which in today's day and age, you're like, well, a Hellcat's got 707. (laughs) But it weighs 1,247 kilograms. So for the US people out there, it's it's under 2,800 pounds. It's 220 pounds lighter than a GT2 RS. The stats are 
on paper yeah nuts and so because of its weight it actually out accelerates a gt2 rs and annihilates a performante from zero to 200 kilometers an hour zero to 124 miles an hour I, i'm yeah, so like, glad what? you're here by the way because i couldn't yeah. do anything that you just did but um you're so right i made because... that all up those are all fake <laughs> Could you imagine the comment section? Yeah, they're like, dude, you. he just, that would be, yeah, I should have done ultimate that. Troll. Um, but no, but this is the thing which I, I was quite blown away by during the presentation that we got before we actually went out in the car, is that this 600LT is not, uh, you know, a, a sort of spicy 570S. No. This is a proper car which competes with, as you mentioned, Porsche GT2 RS, Huracan Performante, and whilst they didn't list it on the piece of paper, arguably the 488 Pista. They listed the 488 on the piece of paper for the acceleration time because, sure. to my knowledge, there hasn't been too many tests yet on Pista acceleration. That's exactly it. It hasn't actually been out and had enough And I've tests. heard that it's somewhere in the 8.3 second range to 124, and the, the 600 does it in 8.2. So. Well, here we go. I have the comparisons right now. So okay. you've got it in your brain. I've got it on a piece of paper. Uh, the GT2 RS, we're doing 0 to 100 kilometers now here. Uh, 2.8, Performante 2.9, 48 GTP is 3.0, and the 600 LT is 2.9. The more impressive stat, though, is the 0 to 200 kilometers yeah. an hour because we've got GT2 RS at 8.3, Performante at 8.9. I mean, bloody hell. Just yeah, like, what, just what are you what doing, Lamb? Like, oh, you go to sleep in that time. Uh, <laughs> 48 is 8.4. The 600 LT is the quickest of them all at 8.2. Yeah. And this is a car with more downforce to help you go around a track. It's got that yeah. wing on the back. It's yeah. a long tail. It's got a lot of gibbons on it. Gubbins, gubbins, gibbons. Gribbins. Um, <laughs> gribbins. And theoretically, only 30 more PS horsepower. Yeah. Um, so super impressive stats on paper. The thing I think we all were shocked by is just how different it feels compared to the 570S that it's based on. It, it feels as different to me. Now, I haven't driven a 570S GT3, but it really does feel like a legal track car. And that's I, really impressive. I'm so with you because what we would, what we did, which Parker's already touched on, or GT4, sorry, yeah. uh, GT4, good point, um, is that we had the opportunity to drive a 570s Spider. We will uh, clarify uh, first. So our first laps on the track were in a 570s Spider. Um, obviously, a car which well, you I had a coupe. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Which okay. is well, even more accurate comparison, oh, I believe. Okay, yeah. fine. Because I kind of thought maybe they were trying to trick us a bit with the spider. Yeah, no, no. I had a coupe, okay, thankfully. Had a coupe. Otherwise, okay, well that would be like, yeah, look at the weight difference. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> it's, like, like, it's like crazy. Like the, quite right. the roof comes off on the 570. That's a huge plus. Maybe this they were just like, Sam's a bit thick. Let's give him the really clear differentiation just so you can really tell. Um, but it was quite evident quite quickly how the 570S spider wasn't really that suited to being on track. A fantastic road car, but it was squirming under brakes. As you said, you'd cut, you know, you get a lot of uh, hold back on initial uh, out of the corners yep. um, uh, and just fundamentally it was weirdly wallowy for a supercar the minute you drive out of the pit lane in 600 LT you know you're in something different dude at 2 miles an hour at 1000 RPM you're already like oh yeah oh let's go <laughs> those initial gear shifts brutal in yeah. sport at least as you know they really have engineered a lot yeah. of kick which yeah. is a lot of fun um, but for me the two biggest sort of takeaways were uh, the brakes, uh, which I want to talk a little bit more about, but most importantly, the front end grip and turning. 
because my lord, this thing was unbelievable. Now, personally, uh, I don't do that much track driving. Uh, I'd love to do more, um, but it's limited. Uh, and so my lines, you know, I was getting up to speed nice and slowly. I'm very smooth. And I was kind of going through some of the longer corners thinking, okay, I'm kind of at a nice point yeah. here. At nice balance. I can't really do much more. And the coach would say, right, now get to that white line at the apex. Like, get there. Yeah, yeah, and I'd yeah. just turn and I was there. Yeah. There was no hint of understanding. There yeah. was no hint of anything. It would just go whenever the, you wanted to. And the car was so forgiving. It was so accurate. Yet, if you were off on the line, just like he was saying, he'd be like, just a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. And I'm like, there I am. Yeah. I'm there. And it, it, it literally felt like an all-wheel drive car in terms of its ability to grip, but there was no understeer because it's a rear-wheel drive car. And the turn-in was like a razor because it didn't have the whole drivetrain in the front. It was just... Ridiculous. It, it was unbelievable in terms of that, that front end turning. And what I loved in terms of then playful characteristics are because of these phenomenal brakes, the way that you could kind of unbalance and disrupt the car with a dab of the brakes was the funnest part yeah, about it. You know, yeah. if you wanted to get the car to turn around a little bit more, yeah. if you want to get a bit of slime, like just a dab of the brakes and the thing was so playful. Yeah. And that's something I personally haven't experienced in a McLaren really before. How many have you driven on a track where you're very good point where you're uh, able to do such things? Oh, five seventy S in Monza, and I really wasn't pushing it that yeah. hard. So gotcha. I, I'm I'm fully aware that maybe that's the case. I just haven't had a chance to do so. But I was blown away that I was doing that in six laps in a brand yeah. new six hundred LT. Yeah, it gave you that confidence in a track we hadn't driven in a car we hadn't driven. All of a sudden, you felt like a champion. It, and it that was, was not us. That was the no, car. no, no. That, that was, was the, the car. car. It was yeah. very confidence inspiring, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. And it, it, it implores you, it, it wants you to push it even more, push it harder. Uh, and as a track toy, I think it's fantastic. No, it, it really is impressive that I can't think of too many downsides. Like you could say, ah, it's twin turboed and, and the Huracan isn't, but there's no turbo lag. And you could say, ah, it's rear wheel drive. I don't know why you would say it like that. Nobody's saying it like that. I, I I tried to like say a point there, but it was sure. pretty dumb. But yeah. but, but we've got <laughs> uh, we, we these bespokely made Trofeo R's that have so much grip, it's crazy. And it reminds me a lot of the Kumo tires they designed for the ACR, where it was like a match made in harmony because they developed it for the car. And it made so much grip that people were like, well, the ACR is kind of crap because the tires are so good. It's well, too then, much grip. Then you guys are just, I'm sorry, crap meaning it... Uh, it was crap that it was so much faster because the reason it was faster is because of the tires. But then, okay. okay, sorry, you're just not pulling out all the strings. Then make your tires better on your car. There we go. There's no, <laughs> le there's no legal problem here. So the car had just endless grip, but at the same time, uh, you could, with the brakes, and once it broke loose, it was such a stable chassis. I sent maybe five corners, like full lock sideways, and... Yeah, oh, you were feeling and, it. And you know a car is good when you know you're you're at a press day you're in someone else's car and you realize that your reputation rides on making this sure this car is safe and i made sure with the professional driver that it was acceptable to do that and they kind of actually said in the briefing that like you know we'll put it in dynamic mode for the traction so you can play around a little bit and for me to take that risk and successfully do it and feel amazing while doing it was like this is a well-balanced car this is a, like, 
I am drifting this that, car. Right which now. is insane. Yeah. Six laps in. Um, well, I want to come back to a point that you just made a le- little second ago, though, is what are the negatives? What could the negatives be? Because I think we had an amazing experience, and I'm always aware on these press drives that, you know, you're in a beautiful location yeah, with a yeah, brand course, new car. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it is just the the, the day out you know it's yeah. a great day out um, I've pulled up here what they've McLaren have created as a sort of spider diagram I'll spin it around oh, I like so this, you can see I like it too diagram. Uh, which is really helpful because it tries to demonstrate uh, the differences between the 600LT the 570S and interestingly the 675LT so it lists different attributes chassis engagement powertrain engagement driver comfort practicality quality of design etc now fundamentally the LT is much closer in every single attribute to the 675LT than it is the 570S. Yeah, I think they, they benchmarked the 675. I've driven the 675. And in every aspect, the the 600 is better. It's, it's better, but but closer to that. If you The the actual shapes of the diagram are so different between the 570 and the 600LT. Yeah, It's yeah. quite shocking. You go, yeah, well, they're we're not rotated. Looking. Look at yeah. that. They're like, let's take the 570 and let's, let's flip it 40 degrees. And so, therefore, my question comes into what this car would be like on the road. Uh, I was aware that the Hungara ring was incredibly smooth. I mean, FIA Formula One levels of smooth. Um, And in track mode, even still, I was feeling a few bumps and creases. Oh, it's stiff. It's stiff. So I do wonder how that's going to feel on the road. But I think maybe you want it. From a car like this, you probably want a bit of stiffness. My question is, how much of the performance you're actually going to get on the road over and above a 570S? I think that the feeling you get driving it at slow speeds tells the whole story. And when, you got an, you got a good feeling at slower speeds? Yeah. Okay. So I drove, uh, you know, in the beginning, the first laps in the 600, or the first one lap at a moderate pace to remember that, yo, you, you've never been on this track and this is a very fast car let's learn the lines don't go out there ego swinging thinking that you're amazing because that's when things happen but then i did uh in the middle of the two six lap sessions i did a session in the middle where i did um uh, a talking session uh where i kind of just explained the feelings of the car what what i was hearing feeling what instead of the stats i'd already done that and i because i was talking i did it at a slower speed sure and the response of the engine, the feeling of the gear shifts, the tightness of the suspension, it was fun at low speed. So I okay. don't think that you need to be 10 out of 10, and we never went even close to that. Sure. Uh, in fact, I I think that a lot of us could, unless you drove irresponsibly, could drive similar on the road um, in, in, in the right environment as to what we are doing because none of it wasn't our car it was the first time on the car so nobody was like really going yeah, out going crazy you know? maybe you know, probably obviously not, not the, Seth not Delaney was was he? yeah yeah he was not messing around <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I mean obviously not the drifting stuff but in terms of just like you know taking the line nice and, and driving within your limits but the bumps are interesting now mm. I they took suspension geometry off of the 720, which is good because the 570 gets unsettled really easily on bumps. I, the yeah. 720, I drove that uh, on some of my favorite roads. I had one for four days from McLaren. And the the way it could just absorb bumps was amazing because if you have the stiffest chassis in the world and it doesn't absorb bumps, then the car is going to be like, yeah, yeah, just jump and then you're going to end up off the, the cliff. 
Yeah. Which sure, is, it might be good on a smooth, you know, on the glass. But when you're, when you're, you know, when you're on the gravel, it's just not good. <laughs> no, it's not. You don't want to be on the gravel. Is there the gravel wood motor cars? Yes, well done. Uh, R.I.P. Tony. It's like I did research. If you survive uh, the Alps tour, we'll welcome you back soon. I love Tony. We all love shout Tony. Out Tony. Shout he's out a, Tony. He's the dude. Yeah, yeah. He'd love to be here right now because he loves talking about McLarens. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I bet, I'm sure he does. He does love talking yeah. about McLarens. Um, and so, yeah. So, so the other question or the other point that I have wrong with this car is the design. Okay. And this is a slightly awkward topic because we're now going to come to the fact that you have ordered one of these yeah, cars. Yeah, no, no, no. Dude, um, I did make fun of me. Make <laughs> fun of Mike. Look at this design. I'm not making fun of it. I'm incredibly jealous. You just got and bought one of the coolest new cars. No, ever. I meant this. Oh, sorry. Your, this design. your aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a disaster. Unfortunately, uh, if I get too angry, it'll upset my parents. Okay. So I can't really get mad about my spec. Sure, fair play. Sorry, <laughs> or your spectacles. Yeah, hello. Uh, so, so I've completely forgot what we're talking about. Your parents. What about your parents? They're nice. They're nice. Yeah. Um, the design of the car. Yeah. I don't love it. I think it looks okay. In the UK, we have an, uh, a shop called Halfords. Uh, it's like a like an auto parts shop, I guess. You go and you get like spinning rims so and fluffy like, dice. So it's and, like Pep Boys or AutoZone or O'Reilly. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Uh, maybe auto I don't know parts. those references. Ow! Oh, that, yeah, that was <laughs> sounds a, about right. Yeah, though. that was a store. You, know, you can get like bicycle racks for your your car. It's same like, store, okay, same fine. store. Yeah, so that's what we have. And and so it looks like someone's taken a 570s to Halfords and put on a load of cool bits or yeah. gone to Novatech or gone you know to McLaren's going to watch this oh I do like no, but yeah. I, I, I'm being no, honest no no no, like, no you're allowed to say whatever you want I, I, I'm you're being genuine I'm being genuine like, wow I, and because even the top, top exit exhaust I'm a bit like huh bit of a gimmick like I know they have the benefits and I think I guess it's pressure and you can probably explain this no, a bit more yeah so I can explain the the actual benefits, years first but, but it's just a little bit toy car-esque and for me, the 675 LT is aging incredibly well. I think it's now turning to, into being a really beautiful car. And I think in yeah. years to come, that, that car's going to be a classic that we're all going to be going, wow, we should have bought those when they were 200 grand. Oh, what I would argue is that sometimes designers are ahead of the population. Totally agree. F12 came out beautiful right from the get-go. F12 TDF came out, I went... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Whoa, that mm. kind of looks like mm. some, some auto parts store stuff on it. Sure. And then now it's grown on me as the savage beast. And, and when the 720 came out, everyone's like, that's the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And, that one's loving and now it. everyone's loving yeah. it. So it's hard to say. I agree. I'm I'm close with a couple aftermarket tuning companies who have built kits for the 570. And I'll be honest, their kits that came out first do look quite similar to what now McLaren's done with the 600 LT. Now you can only do so much with a car in terms of adding aggressive side skirts, a newer front bumper, a wing, and an aggressive rear diffuser. So there's no wonder why McLaren's McLaren didn't copy those people. They they just created the best aerodynamics they could, which is what they were trying to do. But I, it, it is a little boy race, racer-ish. There we go. That's exactly I'm like really it. immature, so I love sure, it. Sure, so you're like all yeah, over I'm it. like, this is sick. And I do feel like it's spec dependent because yep. on, when I was taking some of my B-roll shots, I sort of sat down, I really looked at the car from a low angle and it is mad aggressive. Yeah. And like, let's face it, I've always loved the look of the sports series car. Heck, I owned a 540C because I thought yep. it looked freaking amazing. And, then it uh, and drive incredibly well. So I love the looks of the car, but it's just some of the parts and the carbon roof and all these things that I'm just a bit like, uh, uh, uh. so maybe it's just spec dependent and maybe cars will come out that I'll go, okay, I'm getting it now. Yeah, that the spec plays a big role in terms of the lightness or darkness of the color so if you have a white car the carbon roof pops the all the carbon pops it looks like it's added on to the car there now that go. can be cool or not cool depending upon your point of view if you've got an all black one for instance sure imagine how it would all flow together well like the mso stealth in whatever they called it the one looked that was epic looked amazing so, that was shown at pebble beach yeah um, looked really cool so yes uh, uh, it's that those are my negatives those are my takeaway negatives sure uh, uh, that you know um it's it's potentially going to be a little bit of a track car, not necessarily such a road car, and that visually I'm not sure I love what they've done with it. Apart from that, I think it's fantastic. It's one of the best cars I've ever driven. Which is a huge thing to say, yeah. and, and such a departure from a 570, which was already a brilliant car. Now, the other interesting point we have to make, and this brings us on to a wider discussion about um, McLaren. We are going to come back to talk about the fact that you've ordered one of these cars. We don't need to talk No, about but it. I want it. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, okay. did, did you good, announce the good. spec in your... Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. That's what I want to talk about. Um, so, it brings us on to a wider discussion about McLaren. The fact that with the 600LT, they are not limiting the number of cars they make. They are going to build as many as they can in a limited time period. So, this is a I new move for them. I don't like that. You don't like that? Only because since I have bought one, how do I know how many they're actually going to make? Why do you care? Value. Okay. I don't care too much because, as we'll talk later, I'm going to be putting some very heavy miles on it. Sure. Sorry. But so so the value, as I've already admitted, is is I'd be foolish to think if I put 20,000 miles on it, it would be okay. I'm going to cry. Yeah. There, there will be nights I will cry. It's going to be horrible. But... Ford actually did a similar thing, although they did say the number, but they didn't say how many years. They said they'd build 254 GTs per year for... They for 20 years. Yeah. Ooh. They wouldn't do that, but but it was like, is it two years, three years, or four years? We don't really know. No one's got a clue. So, you know, how many cars can McLaren build in a year? Not that many. 
fundamentally what they're pumping out like 4,000 cars in general, right? Yeah. Including 720s and yeah. 570 Spiders. So, so it's, I might it's, come out to somewhere between 400 and 800. I think they're they're trying to maximize profits while keeping it limited, which makes sense. So they're doing kind of a supply on demand. Uh, and isn't that the Porsche model? Isn't that what Porsche do with the GT products? Yeah. Fundamentally, the demand is there. Porsche knows what they're doing. Yeah, Porsche know what they're doing. And if the demand is there, why not? I mean, I think the car is brilliant. It's going to be in demand. It is, it is still limited in the sense where it's going to come down to dealers and it's going to come down to a smaller number than the sort of standard 570S. Yeah. But there may be more than 500. Yeah, well, look, the clientele is different. You need uh, a person with a little bit more money, but more importantly, somebody who wants that type of car. And that's not the average consumer that, you know, somebody who has some money who wants a sports car, a 570S is an amazing car, but, but it's comfortable. It's a, it's, it's perfect. But if you want, you know, a more exciting car, which is what I'm interested in and you as well, well that's why you like the challenge Stradale, Hello. Um, your favorite car, best car in the world, then it's a smaller clientele and you, and it's less usable. So you've got to have more cars and you got to like, there's a time and a place for it. So the, now that we're talking this through, I'm I, I'm less worried. I take back my statement. Okay, about, you take uh, back your statement because yeah. I think also the uh, one thing that I'll warn you as a X540 owner is that McLarens don't sell well used because I think fundamentally they're easy to get hold of new. It's yeah. not like a, a Porsche or Ferrari where you kind of have to work up towards the special cars and they tell you there's a long waiting list. If you want a new McLaren, you can go and get one, which is great. Unless they're done with the, I feel like with the LT, if it's used and they don't have the new LT out yet, might be a decent spot. Okay, so this brings me on to uh, everyone's favorite topic. And to be honest, like something that I've talked about a lot before and been a bit naive to, uh, you know, there are too many McLarens. They make too many models. They make too many numbers of the models that they have. Blah, 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 blow to blow You have friends that talk like that? No, that's me like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> so You were sounding like that earlier. Thank you. Actually, earlier today. Yeah, probably. Uh, I, I am very guilty of, of some of these assumptions as well. And, you know, it was talking with you but also at the launch talking with the guys from McLaren it, it took me to understand the sort of the model the business model at the moment because if you want a track focused McLaren a more yeah. hardcore sporty racier McLaren your two options right now are the 600 LT or the Senna uh-huh. very different ends of the spectrum in terms of the market yeah but yeah, what, a, what a juxtaposition huge juxtaposition the 600 LT is competing with all the big hitter lightweight track focused yeah. supercars as we've mentioned Performante we think the Pista um, GT2 RS GT3 RS you know that's the level that it's at yeah so the 720S whilst performance wise is a step further on is still a GT car Yep. So it doesn't give you that raw sense, which is my problems with the 720S, because, you know, it's too much of a GR yep. for me. So therefore, McLaren are actually being a little bit clever in some senses. Um, they've got the Citroën LT for someone who wants a little bit more raucousness, a little yeah. bit more traffic, because it's the smaller, it's the more nimble car. The 720 is the big hitter, big GT, like the 812 or the Aventador, yeah. like the big, you know, this is the car that is our big flagship car-ish, I guess. And then you step down to the babies, which is the 570, which is, I guess is the RA or yeah, the yeah. 911. Well, I think they've they've realized that they fought against themselves, themselves uh, with the 12C 650S replacement. They're depreciating their own cars. There wasn't really a reason to buy other cars. But now they've gone the other way and they've really kind of figured out a brand strategy. And if you look at the Senna as well, that's priced at a very interesting price point because it's really sort of going up against the likes 
of a Valkyrie and a Project One, except it's three times less expensive. So that if it's not quite as fast, which it can't be because you don't have the money, then that's okay. But totally. if it's almost as fast, yet it's three times less, whoa. Even if it looks hideous. <laughs> it's a questionable one. <laughs> yeah, it's a questionable one. You're gonna, it's a Marmite In person, car. It's, it's better, but it is not beautiful like a P1. No. It is purely savage, like like some sort of Optimus Prime. Yeah, it's very Optimus Prime. Yeah. That, that's it to the to the T. Um, but yeah, I think the the big question mark will be the 720s LT. Should there be one? Um, whatever variant that's going to be called, we know where will that start to fit in? Because I think you know we've all sat in a lot of uh, McLaren briefings where they talk about track what is now track twenty five, the big mm-hmm. plan for the company to take them to the year twenty twenty five, the amount of cars they plan to release, um, or the derivatives of the cars that they plan to release. It's a big number. It's eighteen, right? So that includes spiders, GTs, coupes, LTs, one offs. You know all these different bits. So. It's a. It's not as simple as eighteen new models coming, um, but that does sound like a lot. If they continue on this path of okay, if you want the hardcore track car, six hundred RT. Yeah. If you want a kind of entry level McLaren, five seventy. Mm-hmm. If you want the big hitter, does everything, seven twenty. And if you want the big big hitter, you get them at Senna. Yeah. If they then bring out a seven fifty five LT in a year or a couple of years, I think it's it's three years out. Three years out. Yeah. Okay. Because you you don't want that coming in six months is what I'm I, saying. I talked to them a lot about that. Okay. And the car I've always wanted and was waiting for was the 755, whatever they're going to call whatever it. Whatever it might the be. 720S the 720S LT, LT version. That okay. is the car that I always wanted. So my game plan was, uh, having worked with McLaren a, a fair amount, buy a used 720 to hold me over for a year until it comes out because I'm like it's coming out it's gotta be coming <laughs> so out it's co- so then they told it's me it's gonna come out that no it's actually not coming out and the reason I was like well what do you mean you're, you're always like new car, new car, a new, new car, car. Like, yeah. they they messed up on the 12C and the reason being is well one they, they called it the MP4-12C the MP4 uh, based off of uh, old was it F1 car or an Indy car uh, F1 car um Cool name, not really for a uh, you know a, too a, a car. You know, it makes yeah. sense for an F one car because nobody knows the name of the darn car anyway. So if they do, they're you, and they're like, oh, I love <laughs> oh this. that's fantastic! What this a great reference! Oh, dash twelve C dash four five five. Oh, I'm three races. Yes. And I know. Okay. So they replaced the twelve C with the six fifty S, but it actually wasn't a replacement. It was the same car with a new front bumper. So they depreciated the twelve Cs horrendously, which made a lot of twelve C owners very angry, rightfully so with a car that was the same as the 12C, but they changed the name because they didn't like the 12C name and they wanted a name that represented horsepower and represented where the car slotted in. Um, And then that's when they, if you pretend that the 12C is a 650S, then it all makes sense. They had two years of, uh, you know, they had the 12C, so let's call it a 650S, a 650S Spider. Then they had a slight update of that with the Coupe and the Spider. And then they had the LT and the LT Spider. So then you jump to the 720S, which is so far ahead of its time in terms of performance, just like the 12C was destroying everything, just mm-hmm. destroying everything. Even when the next gen of cars from certain companies came out, the 12C was still like, well, here's a little power bump to 636 horsepower. Good luck with that one. Uh, and, up, and with the lightweight, um, they really killed it. So the 755LT, whatever it's going to be called, uh, I, I don't even know. I wish I've asked like a million times. I'm like, please, Give me some just, information. Just, just, just tell me. that. Uh, even when I was looking into buying a car, I wasn't even able to be told what the 600 LT was. 
I was just told there's something coming. You might be maybe interested don't in. get the 720. Maybe wait for a card that you'll be interested in. I was like, no, no, I'm interested in the 755 LT. And he's like, but maybe you're interested in this. And I was like, no, no. And then it turns out I'm really, really interested, interested. Really interested in it. Now, you might uh, be sitting here, the skeptical ones amongst you, going, oh, here we go. Here's another bunch of YouTubers being paid by McLaren to promote their Yeah, products. I wish. That'd be sick. Oh, that'd be the best thing Come ever. on, McLaren, please. <laughs> pay us. Oh my God. I know you're watching McLaren. And also the uh, free cars thing. Yeah, that's not a thing. That's that, not a thing. This car is costing you so cars. much. It's, it's going to be painful. Uh, and I can see why skeptical people might think of it, because... As a group here in the UK, but also with the likes of Parker and Alejandro and a lot of huge car YouTubers around the world have really gone on board with the McLaren brand. They've, we've bought yeah. McLarens, we've used McLarens, we've borrowed McLarens, we've been going to McLaren events. And for me, that is because of two, two things. Okay. <laughs> Firstly, when you are around this brand, it is incredibly exciting. Yep. They feel like they're doing things that no one else is doing. They are very uh, open to the way that they work with us. That's nice. I which love is that. Fantastic. Uh, they're forward thinking. They're exciting. They're clean cut. They just feel like an exciting, for me, British uh, brand. So it's really hard not to get caught up in that when you're around them. I freely admit when you're not around them, it's quite easy to go, oh, yeah, whatever, McLaren. Well, they, they are amazing. They're pioneers. And they're also willing to learn and take feedback. So they are kind of like the Apple of the car world where the products are technologically amazing, innovative. They're coming into a world of Microsoft where they're like, yeah, like everyone's like, yeah, take a seat. Chew. This is business. You, you and your little artsy Apple thing, go down there. And then all of a sudden it captured the minds of brilliant people with... Um, and there's a really good story behind it and Bruce McLaren. It's just the all motorsport genuine. Heritage, not necessarily the current motorsport heritage, yeah. but the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of yeah, course, yeah. of course. It, it all ties into being this really exciting uh, company to be part of and to be around. And when you're in their cars, hooning around the Hungara Ring, driving across Tenerife, driving down to Monaco, whatever it might be, you get completely sort of, you know, infatuated with it, don't you? It's it's a it's a sort of it's a bit of a brainwashing, just like Apple, which is why I was so happy you brought that up. Because look at us both here with our Apple laptops. Yeah. You know, everyone's got iPhones. You know, biggest company in the world now. One of the uh, is it a trillion dollar company? Now? I think wasn't it wasn't it Apple? Yeah, that, that. So Good you know, them. That's not everyone insane. not everyone loves that thing, but I do feel like McLaren are that kind of brand that once you're on board, you become their best salespeople. Yeah, because they because they make a good product. That's at the end of the day, I never support things that are, I don't genuinely believe in. And once I believe in something so much, McLaren could you know st stop inviting me to things. Yet I'd still be like, I really like this darn car. Okay, well, so this is the prime example, right? Yeah. So I have my 540C. I had it for six months. I put seven thousand miles on it. I have mentioned many times before, and I documented whilst I had it, I had issues with that car. It wasn't the most straightforward. I had electronic glitches. It never stopped me from going anywhere, but it's annoying little electronic glitches. Since then, I've driven a few cars that, again, have had like little just things like key not found or, yep. you know, yeah, won't that's start. A common like, one. Even when I went in the center test drive, handbrake fell. Just like little annoying, silly things that do bug you and do great on you. Yeah, because you spend a lot. This is your dream car, potentially, and you're like, Please, please, please just, just work. work. Just yeah. work. However, despite all that, as a company, as a brand, I still love everything they stand for. And when I'm around their products and it's going good, 
I'm like, this is, this is, there's something here. Like, this is exciting. I want to be part of this. Yeah. And that 600 LT experience. I literally got out and I was like, I'm so jealous of you, dude. I'm so jealous of you because here is a really exciting car that is going to dominate the space. So when did you decide to put the order in? Because you said they were kind of teasing you, saying that there's something coming. Yeah, so they, there was something coming. They said, uh, wait for Goodwood. And then I started learning about wh what likely the car was. And so I got a ride in the car up the hill climb at Goodwood the day they unveiled the 600 LT. And something about the way the exhaust cracked and the way the suspension felt, I wasn't even driving. Okay. Just a passenger. And the look on the pro driver's face and the <laughs> yeah. drifty, day, it was like, wow, this is it. So that day I specced it out on the screen. Uh, I picked uh, Lantana Purple, which oh, is this nice. dark purple color that in certain lighting starts to look deep blue. And I don't know. I really like it. Okay. And uh, then I started getting really carried away. And I got, <laughs> well, I, you can I, head I got, over to Parker's yeah. channel, Vehicle Virgins, uh, to check out the spec of his car, the incoming, the spec of his incoming car. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's bold in some areas, but also brilliant in others. And as I say, I'm incredibly jealous because it just was a fantastic car. Um, I think we're both incredibly grateful for the experience to have gone out there and driven it. Yeah. Um, and and I, I'm not going to apologize for being overly positive about uh, the experience, the car or the brand, because as I've explained, as we've discussed, they are a very exciting company. And, and I think I I had forgotten that with my time away from the brand since yeah, selling that my happens. 540 Yeah, away from anything. You just, you know, time away. And I was like, oh yeah, well, no, they're making loads of them. And you know, uh, my key, key not found, key not found. That was like a, whole, yeah, like, yeah, key, key not yeah, found. Yeah, well, like, your key wasn't found. And then never you, found. Found, you finally found the key. I finally found the key. You need to find a 600 LT car and just buy one. Well, the, like, no, hold on a second. I'm not that rich yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go, perfect. Just, just sell all your Ferrari dreams. Could you imagine? No. Why? I'm just kidding, I'm kidding. Um, but hopefully, McLaren again, I know you're watching. Um, uh, I'm going to get hold of a 600 LT on the road um, because I am very intrigued by yeah, that as we've discussed. Yeah, that's you know, a big deal. Whether it translates as a similar experience. And I, I would assume it does because the 675 LT was such a fantastic uh, yeah. road car. I've only driven the 675 on the road. Okay. And so I haven't driven it on the track. I've only driven the Senna and the 600 LT on the track. But you got to remember these people are very smart at this company mm -hmm. and it's yes we did a press launch at a track but a big reason was uh dealing with insurance if somebody were to crash into it so and they didn't have that many cars and there weren't that many roads to drive on where they were so uh, it has to be good on the road it might be a little bit harsher than you're used to from mclaren but at the same time the Performante rides like a bag of bricks. Yeah, uh, it's, it's know, more like, about extracting performance is where I'm, where I'm yeah. at. Because, you know, even if I, even like the 720, it's great because it's got the GT car characteristics that you're comfortable, but you really have to be cracking on to get the proper performance. You got to drive so hard mm. in that car. I drove it hard, real hard. And finally, I was like, I get it now. Yeah, but you, but really... you shouldn't have to drive like, like dangerously to get that. And feeling. that's what I don't want with the uh, 600. That, that's what I don't want is the, not. to get on the road and be like, oh, well, it's only great when you find a canyon road where you can really be cracking on in the 4 a.m. in the morning. But yeah. the rest of the time, it's a little bit uh, dull. That's what I hope is not the case. So I doubt it. I guess we'll, we'll find see. out. We'll, find well out. you'll find out before I do, potentially. Um, do we, You don't have any timeline on your car? You don't want to Maybe. Uh, uh, no, I okay. Say. Okay, it doesn't yeah. want to say. Um, but potentially, if Parker gets a car before I get a chance to get him one, then oh, yeah. a flight to LA yeah, is yeah, due yeah, on yeah. my I'll, side. I'll let you rip it around. Um, and when is this going out? Yeah, I've made my announcement. Well, next year, when I'm doing the American leg, You're I'm going to come and find yeah. you and 
hang out the back of your 600LT. Uh, or in the trunk. Sure. Or in the driver's seat. Whatever. The back of it. Where would you go? No, you know that expression? Hang out the back of... No, okay. <clears throat> it's a... <laughs> PG channel uh, so uh, anyway I hope you guys have enjoyed today's podcast Parker thank you so much for coming along uh, coming course. all the way to the UK just to appear on this show um, I did that yeah, actually literally, literally am only here for this thank you so much so uh, thank god for picking up when I knocked on the door because that would have been awkward that would have been awkward I would have filmed this by myself um, so if you want to check out any of Parker's content if you don't know his channel Vehicle Virgins uh, for those of you watching on YouTube a link is below and it will be at the end on the end slate as well for those of you listening youtube.com forward slash Vehicle Virgins yep. I'm assuming uh, you can check it out uh, if you are watching this podcast on YouTube make sure to hit subscribe turn on notifications and if you're listening to us keep following us on whatever platform you are fantastic thanks very much everyone bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 